Hello, welcome to the Myths and Legends of Europe, and a special welcome to my new series, The Incomplete Works of Shakespeare. In this introduction, we're going to do a little brief biography of the man himself and introduce how this series is going to work. So, off we go. William Shakespeare is considered to be the greatest playwright in history and one of the greatest writers in the English language. Despite this, little is known about the character and general life of the man himself. In fact, some people believe that he didn't even write the plays for which he is so justifiably famous. This belief has been largely debunked, and there is little doubt that Shakespeare was responsible for the great plays that bear his name. But just the fact that there is debate demonstrates how much mystery surrounds the actual man. In this short introduction to the incomplete works of Shakespeare, we will take a brief look at the facts as we know them. William Shakespeare was the son of John Shakespeare and his wife Mary, formerly Mary Arden. They were married and lived in the main part of a house in Henley Street in the Midlands town of Stratford-upon-Avon. This house is now known as Shakespeare's birthplace. William was born in 1564, we think on April the 23rd, the third of eight children, four boys and four girls. His actual birth date is not entirely certain, but there is a record of his baptism on April the 26th, at Holy Trinity in Stratford. Only one of his sisters, Joan, survived into adulthood, and William was the eldest of the four boys. There is not much record of the future playwright's childhood and education. The next thing we know for sure was that in 1582, William married Anne Hathaway, who was already pregnant with their first child. Their daughter, Susanna, was born on May 26, 1583, and two years later, on February 2, 1585, the twins Hamnet and Judith arrived. Hamnet died aged, aged 11. After the birth of the twins, we enter what is known as Shakespeare's lost period. There are no records of his activities until the early 1590s, when he was working as a managing partner of an acting company in London, known as the Lord Chamberlain's Men. In 1603, when King James I of England was crowned, the company changed its name to the King's Men. There is also evidence that Shakespeare earned a living as an actor. William Shakespeare was certainly also writing plays by 1592. He was subject to written criticism, something that all writers of plays, books, films and other forms of entertainment are too well used to. He had two pub poems published by 1594, the first being Venus and Adonis. In 1594, quarto editions of his early plays were published and by 1598 he had become well enough known for his name to be a selling point. Shakespeare's earliest recorded works were the history plays Richard III and Henry VI, part 1, 2 and 3. These plays were very popular in the Elizabethan era as they demonstrated the effects of weak and corrupt rule. The Tudor dynasty, of which Elizabeth I was the last monarch, prided itself on having rid England of this type of government. It is thought that Titus Andronicus, the Comedy of Errors, the Taming of the Shrew and the Two Gentlemen of Verona were also written during Shakespeare's early period. In the mid-1590s, Shakespeare wrote his most famous play, Romeo and Juliet. This is the first of the plays known as the Tragedies. He also penned his most famous comedies, A Midsummer Night's Dream, The Merchant of Venice, Much Ado About Nothing, As You Like It and Twelfth Night. The histories, Henry IV, Parts 1 and 2 and Henry V, were also written during this middle period and contain elements of comedy which are not present in the earlier histories. The last play written during this time was the tragedy Julius Caesar. 
1599, members of the King's Men built their own theatre on the banks of the Thames, which they called the Globe. Records show that by now Shakespeare had become a wealthy man. In 1597, he bought the second biggest house in Stratford, New Place. In the early 1600s, Shakespeare wrote Measure for Measure, Troilus and Cressida and All's Well That Ends Well. They seem to be both tragedies and comedies, shifting from dark psychological drama to comedy and back. They are known as his problem plays. It is also during this time that Shakespeare wrote his greatest plays, including my personal favourite, which will be the first play that gets the incomplete work's treatment. I'll leave it until next time to reveal which one it is. Hamlet, Othello, King Lear, Macbeth, Antony and Cleopatra and Coriolanus reveal the writer as at his magnificent best. From May 1603 until February 1610, there were outbreaks of bubonic plague in London and the London public theatres were closed on and off for a total of five years during this seven-year period. After 1611, Shakespeare visited London frequently and bought a new house. In his later period, up to 1613, Shakespeare wrote some more histories and three other plays, Cymbeline, The Tempest and The Winter's Tale. He also collaborated on three others, Pericles, Prince of Tyre, Henry VIII and The Two Noble Kinsmen. William Shakespeare died in April 1616. It's commonly held that he passed away on his 52nd birthday on the 15th of April, but this is believed to be a myth. There is also no record of what the cause of death was. He was buried at Trinity Church on the 25th of April. He left most of his wealth to his daughter Susanna and virtually nothing to his wife. Shakespeare's epitaph read, with a little bit of poetic licence, Good friend for Jesus' sake forbear, to dig the dust enclosed here. Blessed be the man who shares these stones, and cursed be he who moves my bones. And that was the life of the man known as the greatest playwright ever. His legacy, his works live on, as we all know, but the man himself is still much of a mystery. And this brings us back to the belief I mentioned at the start, that he didn't actually write his plays. Before we finish, let's have a slightly deeper look at this. The question as to whether Shakespeare wrote the plays attributed to him first arose, as far as is known, some 150 years after his death. Much of the scepticism seems to have risen from what we have already learnt, that there are few details about the life of the man himself. Even though the contemporary sources are somewhat sketchy, it's likely he didn't have much of an education, and this led to speculation that he wouldn't have been able to write such masterpieces. The doubt reached its heights in the 1800s. There is no real evidence that Shakespeare wasn't the author. All the doubt stems from supposition. Many people have been put forward as the real author. Christopher Marlowe and Francis Bacon, known literary men with better backgrounds, have been suggested. The Oxford Society put forward Ed Edward de Vere, an English poet and aristocrat, as the most likely candidate. They contended that there are similarities between his writing style and that of the Shakespearean plays. These rather unconvincing arguments are counted by Shakespearean scholars easily. The details of the lives of the other playwrights of the time are just as sketchy as those of Shakespeare. The education that he may have received, given his social status, would not have been as basic as the sceptics contend. Records from the very early 1600s show that he was definitely a member of the King's Company. His name appears on the title pages of published plays and poems, and contemporary critics and other authors mention him in writings about his plays, 
notably King John, the Comedy of Errors and the Two Gentlemen of Verona. This evidence far outweighs the vague interpretations of the naysayers, and so we can be reasonably certain that he did write his famous and glorious works. Before I go, one last thing. Why have I called this new series The Incomplete Works of Shakespeare? Well, I'm not going to tackle all 37 of his plays, and his poems need to be read as poems and not converted into prose. Some of the histories, while great works, will not translate easily into my podcast format, and a couple of the tragedies contain material very unsuitable for a family audience. I hope to get through about 20 of the most famous and entertaining works. Each play will take up between two and four episodes, so we should have about two years of material. I really do hope you enjoy the incomplete works of Shakespeare. Next time, and that'll be four weeks from now, we'll be back with my interpretation of my favourite of Shakespeare's plays. Until then, have a great four weeks, and I'll speak to you next time.